0: Hello and welcome to the No Holds Barred Witchcraft podcast. Chris, you've just watched a film. When I say just, obviously, I don't mean right just now, seconds ago. I mean, you've recently watched a film that was on our podcast list.
1: Yeah, it's been on the list, I think, quite a while, actually. What was it called? Oh, As Above, So Below. Right. I'm pretty sure Anyanka asked about it at some point.
0: I believe it was on Yanka. It was the French one, wasn't it, where they go down under the ground or something?
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. So they go and go under the catacombs looking for what they call the Eternity Stone, which is essentially the Philosopher's Stone of uh, Mr. Nicolas Femel.
0: Ah. So is it a film now Is still fresh in your mind that you would recommend to our listeners or cultists in general, or do you think eh, it's not that great? Um
1: I'm not I'm not gonna, you know, suggest that anyone should rush out and watch it. It's mm. one of those things that's interesting enough to watch. Mm. It's a it's a decent concept. I just think like I've said to you before, like I think if if they'd have removed the gore in mm. order to explore the psychological stuff more, mm. you'd have had a better movie. Right. Um and for all the kind of, I think what did you call it? Stroby kind yeah. of stuff, where they show you show you glimpses of things. Stroboscopic effect. Those those would have had a better effect if it wasn't for the gore. Right. Um, because I was just kind of constantly just preparing myself for something to jump out at me mm. rather than paying attention to what is probably really clever camera work. Mm. I think the thing that really annoyed me, because it's one of those movies that i compare all of them to the blair witch project but that's i don't think that's really that i don't know if that was the first that did that i know cloverfield did a similar thing that kind of first person camera angles like at least with this one it was it was well done in the sense that they'd all got because they were underground they'd got um like minor cap things on right uh, like lights and what he'd done is so-called installed cameras into them Mm. so you'd got that kind of it switched from person to person Mm. so you'd see each other's views of what was going on and because it was all kind of catacombsy like there was constantly like shadows and stuff that could play with you psychologically Mm. all of that was really good but it was kind of ruined by the unnecessary gore Mm. um so it was just kind of like yeah i i was just i think i'd have enjoyed it more if it was it if it was less horror and more psychological thriller because i just think the concept was really clever um so it's it's all about a kind of archaeologist kind of historian woman who's kind of picking up where dad left off Mm. and it kind of apparently like sent dad crazy and he hung himself so it's kind of like she's finishing off his story yeah like of the kind of like the mystery that got away um and like they did really clever parts with the kind of as above so below Mm. that kind of it was all kind of puzzle solving okay um kind of proper ancient ancient um secret kind of puzzle solving so like multiple languages like um but i don't i feel like it's one of those movies where you get to the end and you've got more questions than you started with yeah like it was it was good in that sense um but the gore just ruined it for me like mm. um yeah just unnecessary but the concept the concept was clever so kind of playing with there's kind of underground catacombs looking for where um, Nicholas Flamel like left his body to rest. And then there's like all these kind of puzzles with like um, mirrored chambers. And at one point there's like a Ptolemaic lock, you know, where you kind of like um, the Egyptians would make these tunnels that if you moved one stone, it opened a lock into a next part um, but if you moved the wrong stone the whole thing would just fall on your head yeah so it was kind of like there were lots of things like that that were hidden in um and just kind of like that would have kept the occultist kind of thinking oh that's clever um and anyone that's had like a, a kind of historical background but mm. it was
0: disappointing otherwise so there's a theme then essentially that you could find mirrored in lots of films but i suppose in general in the occult world and that's this idea of puzzles yeah but what is the reason for the puzzles because when you look at like the indiana jones films and stuff like that where there's various puzzles they're normally designed to keep the unworthy out aren't they yeah it's all about gatekeeping ...some sort of treasure, and it's supposed to stop the unworthy people from finding the treasure at the end of it. So there's really, I believe, two types of puzzles. There's the puzzles which try to stop people from getting to the end result... ...or getting the thing that is at the end of the film, game, quest, whatever. And then there's the ones which is the actual transmutation. So actually... There isn't really anything at the end. It's just you yourself have potentially changed, having gone through all these trials, tribulations, and quests and such. So with that, that kind of uh, reminds me of the Philosopher's Stone. So what's your understanding of Philosopher's Stone? And then I was wondering if we may potentially talk a little bit about alchemy and real-life Philosopher's Stones and such, because that's the sort of stuff that I don't think we've talked about before. And I don't no. think other people have really asked all that much about but i've got some views on the philosopher's stone and such i wonder what your views on it are
1: so kind of pulling at the threads that you've already kind of set there kind of you know um ultimately alchemy is about transmutation Hmm. transformation and i think what's what's clever about alchemy um or at least in in the way in which kind of like you know um nicholas femell and and trasmagistus that um you know all those kind of people emerald tablet kind of stuff like what i think is often missed um because again you know how i struggle with the um learning knowledge for knowledge sake mm. like that kind of armchair magician problem of kind of chasing and and solving a puzzle just to actually kind of go at the end well i I now know how that works yeah um we both quite like a a practical application as well um rather than just kind of um what would i what would i normally call it theoretical masturbation um
0: theoretical masturbation yeah
1: that kind of you know where you just kind of actually the the journey's not just what it's necessarily about all the time Mm. but i think for alchemy too much focus is on um the properties of turning lead into gold or base metals into gold rather um because one that kind of is an outdated concept now on the sense that um although gold has its great value, um if it hadn't got a bullion stamp on somewhere, people are gonna ask some questions. Um whereas in the olden day melted down and change the numbers and such, can't you? That's why you gold know? is quite favourite. So you just kind of like, you know, there is that kind of part of going, Okay, well what you would have to surely um you know find some way of getting it into the system now whereas mm. once upon a time if you were just producing copious amounts of gold you just make lots of people happy like yeah. um whereas now i think it comes with too much um too much side problem
0: hustling required um so is that what you dislike about gold that you were unable to shift all that nazi gold that's sitting in your amber room somewhere in an <laughs> undisclosed location <laughs> Hey, I was not around
1: for the Nazi party. Thank you very much. Yeah, so I am not sticking to. That's the story we're sticking to. That's it? the story we're sticking to. I was not here. No. Um, or at least I wasn't helping in a corporeal form. Ah, now the the plot's changed somewhat. So, I said I wasn't here. I was not here physically. Right. So, so you the... can't be blamed for any of that.
0: The idea that i like with alchemy when you look at it, when you not i wouldn't say study it but when you look at alchemy and you you know try to research a little bit about what the fuck is this alchemy stuff i hear about um the alchemical alchemists archetype and such is that there's this idea of turning lead into gold oh Look, there's before we had chemistry, we had alchemy type thing. All of these people were getting paid obscene amounts of money by kings and queens and emperors and such in order to try and find a way to chemically, physically change lead into gold. And then you've got more of the occultist side of things that come along to say, well, actually, the lead is the alchemist and the goal yes. is some sort of transmutation into some sort of ascension, which is no different yes. than what monks and that do sitting cross-legged on the floor or practicing their martial arts. Yeah. And that. the only difference is the alchemists have decided that, Oh, we'll convince some King and Queen that we can do this. They'll fund us. Whereas the monks just create a religion, don't they?
1: Yes. And then the gold is just handed to them Yeah in the, in the, um, donation trays
0: that go around during mass either way people <laughs> wanting to commit their lives to the study of progression in some way shape or form working out actually we need some sort of money because it real difficult to ascend and put a lot of de- development into yourself and that if you're having to work a 60 hour week mm. which i can relate to uh, and I think a lot of listeners might be able to relate to, with them trying to balance a mundane life with the magical, the magical life, one. trying to make progression and stuff. With well, that's even come up today, hasn't it? When we talked to someone earlier, if you yeah. worked all day in the coal mines, what time have you got to study the occult sciences? And if you are, can't read or write, you haven't really got much of a a chance, have you? One of the reasons, which again is something that's come up today, is like well. If you want to pursue witchcraft magic and stuff, it's not like that's one of the things that everyone knows necessarily. So if you can do it, you might want to use that to support yourself. So this idea of like cunning folk practice and such like that, if you really wanted to delve into it, it might be a good idea to actually put your skills to good use and make some money out of it. It's no different than uh, someone that's interested in you know herbology and such opening up greenhouses and selling herbs and stuff like that and plants and that maybe even becoming a herbalist and selling the old remedy i don't really know um but the from looking from the outside of alchemy it looks so fucking complicated and they're thus surrounded by mystery but also puzzles that need to be solved like i don't know many alchemists in fact i don't know Maybe one alchemist, actually. I know one alchemist that has ever put any sort of effort into making it easier for other people to follow the alchemical path. Mm. It's all about trying to stop people from following the alchemical path by making it mm. obscenely fucking difficult in a and I very think that's, mercurial way.
1: I think that's partly what I liked about the show mm. or, or the movie, was at least you got a hint of that. You yeah. got a hint of that it's a rabbit warren, that you are potentially going to have to go down alone Mm. because very few people are going to want to come with you. Mm. Um, and I think that that was the kind of interesting part about, about that and the relationship with like one of the guys that was going with her, it was only really there to help with translation because Mm. she'd gotten him got him in trouble before. So she'd left him in like a Turkish prison or something. So they just kind of like, you know, um, there was this kind of kind of Tomb Raider-like yeah. need to chase a puzzle um, just to find out what was the other side. Um, I think from an alchemical point of view, like going beyond the kind of base level stuff and kind of talking about changing of oneself, mm. kind of uh, whether or not you want to call that enlightenment or whatever it is, it's not something particularly, I suppose i chase in any way shape or form um which doesn't mean that i don't value it as a pathway Mm. um again it's just a very solitary one Mm, so you know and i think in some ways i don't feel like necessary people are making it hard on purpose Mm. but it's just that such a it's such a personal journey Mm -hmm. that i don't think it's easy to leave breadcrumbs behind Mm for something like that because it's such a personal journey that unless that person is just like you like a living relative like a a daughter or you know a grandchild or something that wants to then walk in your footsteps later Mm. um i don't feel i feel like alchemy very much is a kind of hereditary tradition um or like a fraternal one which is normally Mm. why it's kind of associated with kind of Freemasonry and and other kind of black lodges is because there's some kind of you know hereditary like there's the genuine genuine risk that you're not going to be able to complete it in a lifetime so the need to kind of leave enough bread cl- crumbs for somebody else to pick up at a later date whereas i don't feel like a lot of other magical practitioners on different pathways Um, even those that are slightly more esoteric Mm. are necessarily having to plan because Mm. they know they'll just pick it up next time. Mm. Um, Whereas I think alchemy becomes a very kind of third dimensional obsession where you suddenly have to kind of, oh, fuck, I'm going to have to either leave clues for somebody else, which I think is where the worthiness comes in, Mm. is a fact of kind of like, this is this is my personal journey i'll leave you some but you've got to work for it because i did Mm. and there's that kind of so i think part of that kind of um kind of leeches in to that kind of process um whereas the kind of personal development stuff is what we're all about like generally speaking not necessarily from an alchemical point of view um one thing you said earlier that kind of like really bugs me about what other people say when they look back at alchemy and they kind of say how oh alchemy was was science before we had it kind of thing. Yeah. I, I really hate that. Mm. Um because I don't think it's accurate. No. Um kind of you know alchemy was one of a set of sciences along with astronomy and and um mathematics that were were the sciences. Well they equate it with chemistry.
0: They say it's a form of chemistry. But it just, isn't.
1: It's, it's not.
0: It's it has too much philosophy in it to be yeah. chemistry. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: It can't be chemistry. However, it, it does echo back to a form of science before when we you know before when we removed philosophy and art from science.
1: Yes. No, I def I definitely agree with that i agree that it's kind of how science should be approached in some mm. ways um and actually only gets close now when you talk about string theory and mm. and kind of metaphysics um is about the only time that you
0: get close to that coming back in um, um, but you uh, tend to find that a lot of physicists if you ask them you know say you're a scientist physicists say i'm not a scientist i'm a physicist yes even there there's a divide within science like we don't why is it that the scientific community don't like to think of theoretical it's normally theoretical physicists as scientists because they just theorize and such even if they do you know try and back things up as best they can with mathematical equations and finding proof of mathematics um or whether it is the physicists themselves that want to be divided outside of that i'm not entirely sure um, i found that alchemy is a, a long, meandering stroll. It's not quick. Um, you do not progress quickly within alchemy. It is a very slow-paced meander. It is the scenic kind of twisty-turny jolly walking the dog very slowly with grandma along the river. It is not a motorway. And it's not even like an A-road or a side road. That is a little bit more like witchcraft or other forms of occultism, which is highly practical. I'm not saying that there aren't practicalities found in alchemy, but they tend to be very slow-growing. They tend to be very long and drawn-out. I was going to say, what can I say? Uh, Things that are revealed. to Revelations probably yeah. the best way to deal with it um because you have the spajaric you know idea of taking a plant or something like that and trying to dissect it and take it apart which you do you're taking a living organism organism you're taking it apart in the physical you're also taking it apart chemically and you're also taking it apart magically and energetically there's a lot that can be revealed from that which is exactly the alchemist's uh knowledge and experienced and gnosis but they have to go through a process of doing that. They take each component part and they really meditate on it. The reason why they have to meditate on it is because it takes so fucking long. You have to take this thing and take it apart. And when you look at the alchemy and, you know, essential oils and all that sort of thing, all of these processes take time. And it's during that time and the repetition of doing that, that the knowledge sinks in that these revelations reveal themselves, which is what my understanding of the Philosopher's Stone actually is. Because from the legend of the Philosopher's Stone, it's all about creating some sort of mineral or thing that you can take in order to keep you alive forever. I think that's the general idea of the Philosopher's Stone. I didn't just get that from Harry Potter, did I? That's general kind of pop culture. Yeah. So the, it
1: is the concept of, of two things. It's always focuses on the, those two things, which is one, um, base metals into gold. Mm-hmm. And then the other part is, is always, um, to help create the elixir of life. Mm-hmm. Um, so that it's a, you know, alchemical compound created, mm-hmm. um, the other part that I struggle with, and um, feel free to jump on me because I'm sure lots of people will. I find, <laughs> I kind of find the chemistry aspect of mm. alchemy far too simple. Okay. So uh, the way in which it's, you know, um, kind of displayed. Um, and the way in which reducing things quite specifically into very simple categories, Mm -hmm. I struggle with, because Mm. I feel like in order for alchemy to be as complex as it actually is, Mm. um, in terms of what you're doing energetically on top of what is actually being done in a kind of... um, you know scientific way is not well represented in the way in which it's written down mm. um and i think that's probably why lots of uh, lots of people kind of um you know fall off this path on its way because actually i think the amount that's required to be done um from an energetic point of view mm is not recorded well um
0: none of it is. none of it's recorded at least within potion making Mm. and that sort of thing you have some sort of recordings of formulas and stuff like that very often the formulas themselves are just masked under symbols and such or poems it's another very popular one um and the problem with the alchemy is that In order to understand someone else's work you're actually having to dissect Mm. some form of symbol or poem or something like that is another don't get me wrong
1: the kind of allegorical part of it i do quite enjoy um but i just kind of find the the base understanding of that just seems Mm. far too simple for something so complex Um, and I don't know if it's a kind of lost in translation problem, as in they're not very good at recording
0: it. Well, they don't, though, do they? They don't record it. You know? It. That's the issue. I've always found with alchemy trying to pick up from where other people have trying to understand other people's thought process, hmm. um, you don't get that. with you If you get some people throughout history, so we'll talk about it from a historical perspective, if you look at Nikola Tesla who was a genius. Didn't fucking write a lot down. He built complicated working, free or multi-dimensional, let's say, models in his mind, and he'd create it and keep it all in his mind, and then he'd create a working prototype, which would often work from the very prototype. When you compare that to someone like a Leonardo da Vinci leonardo da vinci is a little bit more like what you tend to see in the occult world you see multiple sketches you see the ideas they come to life when you look at it besides assuming you understand how to read them you can see and follow the thought process along whereas you don't get that with alchemy alchemy is a little bit more like well we're not really writing anything down this is not a note or a white paper or anything like this this isn't our post-it note and it literally is in shorthand mm. on a post-it note style thing and then if there is anything to be recorded and sent out or disseminated is normally in the form of something super fucking complicated like a, a poem or something like that where they try and flower it all up to keep others from understanding it which is one of my biggest issues with alchemy is also one of the things that i also find most difficult which is why i've stuck with it a little bit is that i hate the fact that people alchemists go out of their way it seems to make things far more complicated than they need to be mm. and it is all about hiding the information from others and i don't know whether it is an unworthiness or whether it is a need to overcomplicate things for or whether it is something poetic like you do get with parents certainly with certain religions and stuff where they say well this is so complex that I cannot do it justice by simplifying it. Therefore, I need to keep it in the obscure, Mm -hmm. which means that you never really reveal it to anyone that isn't already understanding of it, which is where my issue is with it. But then at the same time, it's one of those things that is the process of the alchemist. The alchemist must go through it. That's why with the Philosopher's Stone, people take the approach that the Philosopher's Stone is a alchemist want to create the elixir of life. So that they can patent it and make a considerable amount of money, making sure that all the rich people pay them bajillions and millions and cotillions of pounds and such in order to you know, have the secret to eternal life and such sell it to some fucking pharmaceutical company or something like that. Whereas I don't get that impression the more I've spent with alchemists and the more I've delved into it. I tend to find that it works an awful lot more like a uh, art project. I don't know, would they call it an MA or something like that? Works a little bit more like that. I liken it to GCSE art, right? Mm. GCSE art, you had to create a final piece. You know, there was an exam where you create a piece. There was throughout the year you had to do this coursework and stuff like that, which would show how you'd arrived, how you'd experiment and blah, 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 blah. Which for me was all about what are you left with. So you're left with your final piece. The alchemist or philosopher's stone is that final piece. So when you've created that philosopher's stone, that is a physical symbol of work actually done. So there is actual Philosopher's Stones that you can create. And the point is, if you actually went through the quest and the process of creating that stone, there's no way that that wouldn't transform you in some way, shape or form. Similar to Lee, uh, if I'm trying to use another type of reference, which is there's no way that you could achieve an Olympic gold medal without having changed in some way, shape or form from when you decided I'd like to be an Olympian, please. It's mm-hmm. like that is a huge amount of training with something at the end. That thing at the end is a gold-coated piece of aluminium, I believe.
1: Mm-hmm. But it's so
0: much more than that. The Philosopher's Stone is actually something that's normally quite a simple alchemical you know, uh, experiment. However, it is the amount of work that's gone through into understanding each part What you get when you have created that thing is a full understanding of the formula and how the formula worked. We teach in an alchemistic kind of way, if alchemistic is actually a word, I don't know, but it fucking (laughs) should be. Alchemical. We teach Four Thieves Vinegar. Because anyone could come up with a copy and paste in a Four Thieves Vinegar recipe, but when they go into the understanding of what is the story of the Four Thieves, why am I ascribing only four you know, herbs or whatever, into this. And why am I differentiating between them? What are each of the thieves supposed to do? We have the getaway driver, we have the mastermind, we have blah, 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 blah. That shows a level of detail of thought and understanding to actually produce uh, actual recipe. Within alchemy is exactly the same. To create a spajaric of rosemary or something like that, you have to spend a hell of a fucking lot of time with rosemary in many different states. And if you're doing that on an energetic level as well as a physical level, that is a lot of hours and time spent marinating in that energy and getting to know it and understanding it. So that would be my argument for whether Philosopher's Stone does exist or doesn't exist. I would say it is. However, it is more like a trophy, I would say. Okay, so the, well, the, the where I was a bit now, by the way. So
1: uh, yeah, I I noticed we kind of switched over, um, but yeah, I just I think for me, um, I've the most in like interaction I've had with alchemy has probably been through botany, unless mm. so from a chemical point of view. So that's kind of I suppose where I I focus my my interest yeah from an alchemical point of view um is more so through botany so i like the allegorical i can i kind of feel that that has a more of a universality to it than mm. the way in which the kind of alchemical chemist behaves with the weird symbols um okay. and kind of creating. <laughs> creating a kind of um allegory around a particular plant leaves you a series of breadcrumbs in order to find the understanding that that person was looking for Mm. um whereas yeah the kind of lots of talking about crucibles and sulfur um is is not something that particularly interests me and for me like i said before feels like an oversimplification Mm of something and it, I think it reminds me too much of modern science mm. and I think that's why it annoys me mm. um, because there's something missing and I yeah. I really don't like that um, and then I kind of get myself stuck in a are they an idiot or are they <laughs> hiding something and I don't like being stuck in that because yeah. I feel that's then pulled me away from what I was actually looking for mm. um, and like you say, whether or not that's in, is intentional or is or is a kind of just part of that kind of mind. Um I do I do like your kind of comparison between like um you know the Teslas of the world, mm. which are very much that kind of alchemical person who is he's solely absorbed mm. by a single quest. Um once that quest is then complete they start the next one mm-hmm. um whereas the kind of opposite with that with da vinci is, is more that kind of polymath who mm-hmm. has to be in, in multiple subjects at the same time because actually the beauty is where the two collide or the three collide mm-hmm. um, so can't stay in that kind of one lane has mm-hmm. to have multiple and I can kind of appreciate that more, you know, being of the kind of slightly more Venusian mind um, than most. I can I can kind of get that a lot more. Um, but, yeah, going back to kind of mentoring,
0: if that's still where you want to go. Um, yeah, I was going to equate alchemists with crazy Nazi scientists, but, I mean, it's probably more polite if we go down the mentoring route.
1: <laughs> right
0: you can't focus uh, that
1: that's a whole podcast a podcast in itself talking about crazy nazi um esoterics um you could that's write it ent- with the mentoring then you could do an entire podcast on fucking chimeras thanks to that bot. um
0: but we're not going to go there because Uh, that would just like completely change the direction well i mean i wasn't going to talk about necromantic sex magic i think i've covered it before but i was more talking about like the archetype and experimentation and such like that the ethics involved because you know we love to talk about ethics given that we have none um (laughs) (laughs) it's always a fascination isn't it
1: (laughs) well we have ethics they just probably don't fall in the same place that most people want them
0: to fall that's all maybe what were you gonna say about mentoring then?
1: Um, just that kind of process of having the kind of kind of the juxtaposition between what you talk about with the archetype of the 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 kind of alchemist mm. and that kind of um you know um and the Olympian, that kind of yeah. striving towards a single goal, um, but is part of a bigger journey having it broken down into, oh, I'm going to go and get, um, you know, a Commonwealth Games medal, and then after that, I'm going to go to the Olympics and I'm going to do that. Like, that kind of goal-orientated process um, in some ways can be quite simple. uh, You know, the biggest difference, I think, between the alchemist Mm. um, and the kind of Olympian is that Olympian is far closer to what we do as mentors. Mm. Uh, with the mentoring program which is having that those people will have had trainers there that were egging them on and Mm. supporting them in order to make that goal whereas i find alchemy and the kind of stereotypical alchemist is very much all they actually want is someone to back them like you say financially Mm. to allow them to self-absorb yeah um Which is a very different process and probably is closer to the um, kind of armchair magician world of just kind of like, you know, must
0: find more knowledge, must find, um, you know. It requires a lot of patience and a lot of financial backing and money and is not the path of someone with uh, ADHD. No. (laughs) No. That's all I'll say about that. But anyway, we probably shouldn't spend the entire podcast talking about alchemy. So, what else was the, what other themes were there in that as above, so below film? There is, I suppose, the idea of like Indiana Jones style exploration.
1: Yeah, and then and then kind of you know that kind of Tomb Raider kind of style. Um, mm. Must must solve the next problem. Must solve the next problem. Was was quite clever about how it delivered parts of that. Mm. um it seemed to put most things in Aramaic which completely confused me um because why why would Nicholas Famel, in particular choose to stick with Aramaic Mm. um and then kind of in some ways there was this kind of weird part of kind of trying to figure out why why they were bringing certain things together that really annoyed me um so kind of being in Iran finding um finding us a, a a stone bull uh with the key on it in order to find something else um the kind of scavenger hunt aspect of it of if it's that well hidden why why are you having to go to turkey and iran first mm. for to find the key to it it was all just kind of a very convoluted mm um to say that um you're then looking at catacombs right under the street uh named after Nicholas Formel because that's where he lived like mm. do you know what i mean like there was this kind of like you went all the way over there to find something that was buried under where he lived
0: like mm. do you know what i mean like it was it was very um it are saying that like, that Da Vinci Code film, because as the nature and the book is the nature of those quest type stories, where they dot around from one place to the next to the next, next only getting a slight clue, like a treasure yeah. hunt, and it's like it was under your nose all along, type yeah. thing. Which on the on those lines, as an interesting thing to talk about, I am surprised that there are less magical practitioners that we interact with that actually go on magical quests. Like, there are really aren't that many of them. The closest thing to a magical quest people go on for an exploration is, like, they'll go to, I don't know, a, a National Trust house or, like, yeah. a castle or something like that. But that's not a quest. That is going and. Going to somewhere to get a feel for the place, and that is not, I am going there to find a specific object, unlock a specific thing, blah, blah, blah. I don't see a lot of quests that are revolved around actually going, getting up and actually going to places, because you need to go. It's normally a case of, let's see what's around Let's see what's around here. Oh, look, there's a Roman temple. Let's go and visit it. There isn't a... I need to go to that Roman temple because I've been told to go there to unlock this thing. And I can only do that in a certain chamber in the ruins of this temple-type shit. There's not a lot of that in modern magic. And yet it is filled in the classics. You know, depending on how far back you go, you can go back to real ancient or you can just go back to, like arthurian legends and shit like that there's always like a quest and shit in there why none of that so much these days well partly Liam, is because they're allegorical
1: so the question still remains whether or not the the quest actually happened or if it's just a way in which the story is told in order for you to understand something um but i do get what you're saying like you know particularly with a classical there is a whole amount of ritual that's involved in embodying in order to kind of get through a kind of quested point, kind of like the great right, that sort of thing. Um, when you talk about kind of great rights, um, obviously we focus on the great right, but obviously there were lots of them. Um, they're just the only one that people are interested in because, you know, that one in- includes sexy time um which Gardner was a big fan of so you know we don't get some of the other great rites that were occurring um they focus on the ones that were based around fertility um rather than the ones that were kind of more you know go and fight these monsters just to get home kind of situation when you're kind of comparing to um the Iliad and the Odyssey of kind of great wars Mm. um i think part of it is imagination so because we hide a lot of magical knowledge in plain sight through Mm. storytelling um that i think part of part of that becomes the focus the storytelling right rather than the magic um which is not what you wanted me to say at all
0: no um I wanted some sort of exciting kind of motivational thing that people can then go away with and think oh what's my big quest this year you know what's going to be my big quest what am i working towards what am i going to go out and get i'm going to be a real go-getter i'm not going to be one of those people that always complain about i'm sorry liam and chris i haven't done my homework i've been busy what is this kind of what's the plan for your next holiday yeah destination why are you going somewhere to go and rob a temple or something i was open for something like that yeah well it's difficult because one i'm you know also from
1: the museum world so most the best treasures have you know um they're not in the place that you would go looking for them so Mm -hmm. you go to that temple and if that temple's been found by other people um then it means most of it's kind of riches and it's it's exciting things because that's what people want on a quest don't they they want a huge gem or um something made of gold i
0: think at the end of it or a stone not a stone tablet or someone on a quest to a certain set museum to go and look something that is yeah well
1: i i i send people on that sort of
0: stuff all the time but if it's don't going put themselves on things like that. That's no, what I'm there doesn't seem to be a huge amount of that that I'm seeing.
1: But it's mainly because museums kind of give us the equivalent of going to Aldi, don't they, or Tesco or Walmart, <laughs> which is all the really cool things are stored in one big warehouse. So all you've got to do is go and visit it when you want to, and when you do something like that you're not going to have those kind of grand tours, no. which is what we had in the in the ancient world is well if you wanted to go and see that place there were no photographs of it you were lucky if there was a nice stone carving or a or a drawing of something but if you wanted to go and see the pyramids, you had to actually go on several several boat rides um or walk for a you know days and days and days and days to go and explore something. Whereas we live in the digital world now where all you have to do is click a few buttons and you've got a 3D um VR walk around the pyramids. Like mm-hmm. and that's actually kind of where um a lot of our energy as a civilization is going towards is the fact that I don't even have to get off my sofa to go to see the pyramids because I can put my VR set on and I can walk around it for the next three days and move shit. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, however wonderful that is, but it also stops people using their kind of astral work because a lot of people would have done that in the ancient world, is I can't afford a three-year voyage to go and see such and such a temple. I'm going to have to go there astrally. Mm. um so there is that kind of part of and like you know it's partially why i object to anything leaving the british museum because it, you know that to me is just a place to go and unlock anything i want from any part of the world
0: you do see um, the british museum as your personal cu- cabinet of curiosities. i do but in the that's, drawing room deal I've, i I've do. suspected and others have suspected as much
1: but you know. i do so i object often um to anything being sent back with the exception of you know um you know indigenous peoples mm-hmm. i'm quite happy f- i'm quite happy for remains to go back they um, need to be
0: from a peoples that still exist.
1: that still exist that yeah. i think that is a fair enough statement to make um mm. the ancient greeks are no longer the modern greeks they are disconnected yeah. completely um so you have no claim on the the elgin marbles i'm keeping them like do you know that just is how it should be um they wouldn't exist if we hadn't a pinched them in the first place so you know anyway you're getting me on a different kind of rant. the um i think the kind of questing aspect of that is i don't i think because we live in this kind of cinematic world now where people can go anywhere VR, um, that people forget the, the kind of magic with exploring something real. Um, so going into a museum and holding something that was made 2,000 years ago or even a few hundred years ago, kind of hold it in your hand and kind of going, okay, I want I want to access this. People don't do it like you know I'm. i know i'm not that much um that much older than most um and actually there's a lot of people listening to us much older than us but right. i used to do a lot of psychometry when i was in my teens um now it seems to be this thing we don't do anymore and nobody talks about this kind right. of accessing things from the physical um as a doorway to um the kind of energetic and the astral um and higher obviously um but i just yeah i i kind of i'm not sure why um but yes sorry to burst your bubble you're going to find most of those things more easy to access by going into a museum
0: than going to a lot of these ancient sites um you don't necessarily need to be ancient sites i mean Could be tracking down something. I mean, we've—I've often talked about with Lady Poison our our inability to grow. Um, I was gonna say giant hogweed, but (laughs) not giant hogweed. Henbane locally—that would require actual quest to go and locate and get some. Like, it would require actual Mm. effort to go and do that. And I'm feeling like I should do it, and I need to really be able—I need to go and do that, you know. Um, but I'm thinking about other people the quests are the sort of things that you're proud of that there's a story involved with you having achieved to go and do something go and get something attempted to do something even if you were unsuccessful in that mm. um, it's a great story and a story that you tell to other practitioners down the pub at the pub moot and something that should be somewhat inspirational mm. but I'm not seeing a huge amount of Going out there in quest-based work, I suppose. A lot of it is from experimentation in your own home, in your own life. All of that sort of thing. There's not that much of, I'm going to go and track down this obscure ingredient. Or I'm, I don't even want to say exploration. Because exploration normally comes with, I'm going, I don't know what I'm going to go and find. I'm going to explore. Rather with quest, it's, I know what I want. I need to try and find it. Or to try and get it. And is it a wild goose chase? Do I end up getting that? I don't know. But the difference between exploration and that is that with a quest, you know what you're attempting to seek. You know, you know what you're attempting to go after. With exploration, it's a case of there's a creepy old house down in the forest. Let's go and see what's there. You know? I'm but... um, say there's kind of
1: even the kind of level before the kind of questing. Um, I find even to a certain extent with mentees that they don't even necessarily explore energetically. Mm. So I kind of feel like, you know, how many times have we had to suggest kind of looking at different spirits energetically and classifying? Like there even seems to be that kind of lack of the kind of, I don't know, for lack of a better word, scientific method, That Mm. kind of wanting to classify and kind of wanting to understand. You kind of have some that go too much that way Mm. um, and kind of want everything to be colour-coded, not in a Wiccan-Cunningham kind of way, but in a kind of there needs to be a defined answer and hate it when we won't give one. Mm. Um, Whereas, like, you get the opposite end, of people that just kind of kind of avoid classification as if it's somehow bad and i don't think that's out of a wokeness because you know normally i'd love an excuse to have a go at woke people but i don't think it even comes out of that i think it comes out of a potentially a lack of expandability like just kind of won't they want everything to be as simple i've done that now like I've, I've got the dopamine hit done and I'm, I'm kind of like well actually you could spend your entire lifetime just studying this one thing mm. and still not understand all of it um and uh, i don't know maybe it's our fault with podcasts like this that we cover so much ground in a few you know in an hour um and there's an hour you know almost 150 of these um on top of the other content that we cover like it should be telling people that there is a lot to understand um 150
0: hours of occult rambling nonsense from the two of us crazy
1: you know and you just kind of think well and each of each one hour of those represents probably you know a hundred hours or so of understanding and even even the bitching ones i think have the potential to put have us put hours and hours and hours of hating people into one moment (laughs) um so you know hours of hate 150 (laughs) hours of hate (laughs) is is that kind of i don't know do we
0: make it seem too simple yeah, but that was the whole point of the Noel's Barb Witchcraft podcast. It was supposed to be a podcast for people that are already on a magical path that turn around and say, what the fuck is all of this shit out there? And then <laughs> listen to us and say, oh, my gosh, I'm so glad I'm not the only one that thinks that this is all a pile of shit. You know, all of this stuff that you're finding everywhere. Let's have some sort of, I'm not talking high-level discussion. I'm talking mid-tier level discussion, please. Yeah. And I think we yeah. do deliver that good this. good i mean fausty was all about the bottom tier, the bottom yeah. nomination <laughs> no, please don't put that big selenite crystal up your hooch it's really a bad idea yeah that was the 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 very beginner stuff yeah know? it was it was stop eating the crayons kind of moment wasn't it, it literally just jenny take that glue out of your mouth she's fucking <laughs> eating the copy decks again honestly
1: yeah <laughs> Um. Okay, and then I suppose there's always, always that one we don't talk about, which is designed for really trying to get inside our heads. Mm. Um. But okay, that's fine. You've convinced me. We're not wasting our time. Um.
0: Themes within that, as above, so below. Well, well, outside
1: of the gore, um. And the kind of misrepresentation of esoteric understanding um and like you say, the kind of idea of questing um because that was the thing, like you potentially at one point you're in what is only, only can be described as his tomb, right. and he's dressed like a Templar knight right. why the f- why the fuck would Nicholas Fimel be dressed as a Templar knight? um well, i suppose if he's dead he didn't get to choose
0: what he was wearing himself
1: yeah but you I were gonna know. you're not gonna redress him though are you in order know. to would you i wouldn't know to tell to, to tell a very different that tells a very different story liam um <laughs> so yeah there was there were some parts of it that really did just rub me up the wrong way um and make me very annoyed there was there was an aspect in it at one point that kind of tied it into hell Mm. and that's the bit i really struggled with was the story of nicholas femelle had an alchemy as Mm. above so below you really have shoehorned the devil into that um Mm. because actually it has no place of being there um And I'm I'm pretty sure that the kind of uh, Jewish mystics out there would really not be impressed um, that you go and reduce uh, reduce a process like that uh, into. But yeah, there was um in this Hollywood, though. I know. But still, you know, me like either commit or go home. Like why? no it just frustrated me because you then had this kind of journey through hell which you know metaphorically speaking that just had no no place in being there um there was a bit like like the bit that would sorry spoiler but like there's one point where he reads a sign written in aramaic again why would it be in aramaic that basically says um oh is what's about ba- is it something like what's supposed to be written on the the gates of hell like uh, abandon right. all hope these that yeah, enter you, you here or just, yeah. something like that and you just kind of like one why would that be written in aramaic um and two what the fuck does it have to do with above as above so below um and yeah and nicholas Femel, like i just had no no concept and the only thing I could think of was that's what ticked the box in order to make it a horror thing rather uh, than it rather than it being something else. And there was like these random Satanists in it at the beginning who had no reference to later on. It was all very annoying. Um, yes, the
0: more I talk about it, the more I'm like, do not watch this movie. It's shit. Yeah, um, I was going to say, certainly don't pay for it. If it pops up on Netflix, you're saying they should give it a go for free or not? Yeah,
1: give it a go for free. if you've got nothing better to watch um but yeah you'll just find as many things wrong with it as i did i hope um and if they don't you're going to judge them for it is that right i'm definitely going to judge you if you do that you just think that was an amazing movie because it was bullshit um it was interesting in the sense that it was thought-provoking um there's that little bit that because it's filmed in that um, kind of Blair Witch first person style mm-hmm. means it felt more real so kind of like when you're looking when they kind of find the the tunnel to go in to begin with you're kind of like oh I wonder if that tunnel exists mm. and I think there is loads of clips on YouTube and places that yes if you climb, manage to get past the police <laughs> and, and climb yes. you can get into the catacombs through weird places like underneath railway tracks that sort of thing um so you know that part of it kind of makes it all extra real which is kind of why i i think that as a psychological thriller it would have done much better than kind of
0: the level of gore that was applied um uh, it reminds me. I forget what the name of the film was, but there was a. It was a film. It was quite low budget, and it was on Amazon. I'm pretty sure. And it was set. It was a similar kind of thing. It was set in the city of Bath, which obviously used to live with, uh, live with, live in. And yeah. I'm talking in this life as well. Um, yes. And that obviously is just down the road from me. Um, but that was one of the best things about it. If it was set in any other city. I probably wouldn't really watch it, but it was just the fact that it was about this uh, person and this occult, like, dark magician person, and they were going around trying to find, like, secret entrances, various things like that. But the problem is, or the good thing about it was, sorry, that it was all set in Bath. So all of these little secret um, nooks and crannies and stuff, obviously they exist. Like, you could literally, I could drive 15 minutes away and go yeah, in yeah. there and try and find out like where they filmed it and stuff. So for me, that was really exciting. Um, and I do like that sort of thing. Obviously, it wouldn't be as exciting if it was a city that I didn't know. Yeah, you know, it's just the fact that oh, this was filmed like literally just down the road. And it's like, oh, I've never been in... Like, I know where that corner is, but I've never been around that corner. it's interesting to see, oh, round there, there's a door. And behind that door, there's supposed to be some meeting place for fucking Illuminati shit or something. I like it. It's quite fun. And don't get me wrong, I appreciated the kind of
1: Escher painting kind of way that they tried to process through mm. some of the as above, so below stuff. But it was just kind of like some of it was just too cerebral and not explained um so someone had had an idea and then kind of it got all convoluted when they started filming i just you guess it was one of those but if you're okay. bored and you need something to watch i'm you, you know i'm sure you can find it on netflix
0: okay well that is it for this edition of the no Horse bar witchcraft podcast hopefully you enjoyed it I don't know whether you learned anything, but either way, that's an hour of your life you're not getting back. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye, everyone.